So Jupiter Broadcasting is all together in Seattle for a sprint, and we have the Choose Linux crew in the same room with each other for the first time ever. So we thought we would sit down and have a little chat with Elle about her experiences at DEF CON and Black Hat. So actually, I, I got to do a bit more than that. You know, I, I did a whole barrage of conferences that we lovingly refer to as Hacker Summer Camp. It kicks off at the beginning of the week with Black Hat and doing some training there. Then it goes into the Black Hat briefings, which then leads into B-Sides Las Vegas. And then we hop over to DEF CON. During DEF CON, we're also hopping over to Diana Initiative and QueerCon and a few other sub-conferences that have started within that. So it's definitely a no-sleep, lots of learning, and meeting way too many new people kind of event. Certainly sounds like it. So when you say no sleep, was it really just absolutely no sleep? So the rule for Hacker Summer Camp that we all agree to abide by is the three, two, one rule. You will sleep three hours, you will have two meals, and you will take at least one shower every single day. I know a few of us that maybe broke that rule a few times, and then by midweek myself, I definitely went for the six to seven hour range of sleep. I'm like, you know what? I will meet people on Twitter. My sanity is more important. <laughs> yeah, a little too hardcore for me. Three hours of sleep a night, and uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, surely everyone gets sick only getting three hours of sleep. Yeah, I know that conference crud or the conference flu is definitely a thing, but I, I think it's just adrenaline. I mean, you are just going. And I know, Joe, you've mentioned, you know, the fear of being left out of things. And I think that's it. Like, if I go to bed, there are five parties or five different events that are going to happen, and I'm going to miss out on that. Surely you just have to say at some point, I'm not going to everything, right? I, I think I reached that point. Um, I even got to the point where I'm at Black Hat and I'm working the booth and all of a sudden I'm thinking, you know what, there were three talks that I wanted to go to. But by the time I'm in the Uber and I get over to that event, I'm drained. I end up sitting around missing the next talk. And then I was like, well, I should have stayed at Black Hat. And oh, by the way, QueerCon is going on now. So there's a certain amount of I am not that young and I just give. <laughs> I have to prioritize. Oh, yeah, I would imagine so. So if you had to pick a favorite, which was your favorite event? You know, so for group things, I think that DEF CON was definitely a lot of fun. It was a lot of meeting new people and getting to explore new things. And Caesars uh, security, a lot of the conference was held at different Caesar properties, was really understanding of hackers will be hackers and we're going to push the line and there's going to be some social engineering attempts. And they they just kind of went with it and flew with it. But uh, for my own personal growth, I love the Diana Initiative. Like, it was my first time to just sit down, not have to talk to anyone else, and get to focus on my own personal growth. And I don't, know, I don't, I don't think I get that a lot. A lot of times I'm really at conferences trying to help everybody else out. And it was just really nice to be able to focus on myself. So for listeners who don't know... Can you tell us a little bit more about what the Diana Initiative is and what they do? So the Diana Initiative was a conference that was actually born out of DEF CON. And, you know, DEF CON has 30,000 attendees. It's very hard to be able to focus in one specific area or even focus on a small group of people. So a couple of women sat down and they were going, you know, what is missing? What can we do to kind of help women and individuals, non-binary and those who uh, identify as women, be able to kind of lift their skill set and be able to focus on themselves instead of this huge group. And they started out really small with going, okay, we're just going to do like one track and it's going to be, hey, let's teach people lockpicking. Let's teach people soldering. And then it just grew bigger and bigger. And this year it was 
at the Westin Hotel. It was all focused, like I said, around women and those who identify as women. And they had talks that were not gender specific, as in this is what it's like to be a woman in tech, but this is how I, as a woman in tech, addressed this issue. This is how my view and my mindset was different than other members of my team who were not women. So it's interesting to be able to get that viewpoint. I know myself, I reached out to a few people and asked, you know, hey, I'm first generation Mexican-American. How do I explain what I'm doing to my parents? How do I tell them, you know what, it's okay for a woman to not only be in the workforce, but to be someone who is making decisions in the workforce and maybe has male counterparts who are listening to their opinion and fighting for that opinion to be valid? What was the gender balance like there? Like, were there a bunch of men as well? Because it seems like that would be a good place for men to go to actually listen to women for a change. I must admit that the bias was probably on the other side. I would say that maybe 20% of attendees were men. Um, so much power to them for showing up and, you know, actually looking to contribute. One of the speakers was a male speaker who just kind of talked about his experience on the other end of trying to be an advocate and trying to mentor. So uh, it, to me, it was just a more open venue to have these conversations than Black Hat or Beast. And B-Slides is, can be open to it, but it's not the focus. And a lot of times I know that I would feel fearful of being judged by just being like, all right, guys, let's have an honest conversation. Like, This is what I am struggling with. That's the kind of vulnerability that you just don't feel comfortable showing all the time. Can we break down what all these events are? So like Hacker Summer Camp is the kind of umbrella term. Is that an official term or is that just like unofficial? I think it was the unofficial term that became the official term. I don't know anyone that was there that didn't hear it or use it quite frequently. So, All right. So what exactly is Black Hat? What's B-Sides? You know, what are they all? Like, how do they differ? Okay, so obviously everyone has their own opinion. You're just going to get mine here. And Black Hat to me is where corporate security goes. That's where your CFOs, your CTOs are going to be. It's almost 2400 per ticket. I don't know anyone who's actually in the trenches that paid for their own ticket. They were the scholarship in or like myself had a company that sponsored the event. And you're going to get a lot of... I don't want to say politically correct, but more clean talks, talks that are not zero day exploits. You're not going to have any new tools that are pushing boundaries really exposed there because it, it is more of a corporate setting. So it's more of a, a state of the way things are happening in the business side of security. That's my viewpoint to it. They do have a lot of training. Now, the training is another two to five thousand dollars on top of your ticket. So the workshops aren't included. So, I don't know, it's a bit of a sales pitch. Like, I know people who love Black Hat, and I'm not meaning to speak ill of it. It's just not where I'm on my career path, and not anything I could ever really afford. It seems a funny name, Black Hat, for a kind of corporate event. Black Hat, to me, sounds like it would be more like of the hackers rather than, you know, the people representing Fortune 500 companies or whatever. It was kind of random comment here, but one of the coolest experiences I ever had was kind of walking the halls and somebody was like, did you know that there are hackers here? And <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I wonder where they are. But no, the guy next to me is like, actually, ma'am, did you know? And just went into education. Like, yes, there are hackers here. And the reason that they're here is they are trying to learn how to better protect you, how to better serve the companies that you are incorporated with, that you are giving your information to and how to keep that safe. Like the hackers that have come in into town are here because we want to do better. And so I'm hoping that she really walked away feeling a little better. Like, I mean, is that to say that there were no hackers at DEF CON or Black Hat that perhaps were more on the Black Hat side of things? Eh, maybe not. But I do like the way that things are shifting there. 
So DEF CON is like less corporate then. Yeah. So, okay, let's go from Black Hat to B-Sides. B-Sides was born out of kind of the leftover talks that didn't really make it into Black Hat, that didn't have a fit there, aka the B-Side of the record, right? And Chris Nickerson and uh, Jack Daniels and a few other people got together, they rented a mansion, and they said, hey, every single bedroom in this mansion, we're going to have talks. And it's, hey, come, show up, people are sitting on the floor. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger until eventually they were at Alexis Park, I believe. And I don't remember exactly, but I believe it's Alexis Park. And then they just kind of kept growing to the point where um, now they take over the Tuscany. And the entire Tuscany is rented out. They have tons of different tracks. And it's to me, more of a hands-on conference. It's not, let me tell you about this great thing that I did, but let me show you how to do this great thing that I did. So it's really education-based. B-Sides has now spawned from that one event, 193 different countries that now host their own B-Sides event. Countries? I thought you were going to say events. Nope. Yeah. 193 (laughs) different countries now host B-Sides events. That is crazy. That's And how how long have they been doing this? So the first B-Sides conference was held in 2009. And I know that in my area of town, Austin, Texas, around the same time, B-Sides kind of spurred there. And the first conference there was like 15 people. So from like tiny grassroots to 193 countries in 10 years? Yep. That is insane. I think it really speaks to the conference. Like it, it's an unconference is what they like to say. Okay. So it, it's not any company sells pitches. It's not me telling you, hey, come try my product. It's really about education. And there's lots of villages. It's, you know, they have a a track called Hiring Grounds, where they actually do resume reviews. They have on-site mentors. They have companies who are actually hiring, standing in the background, accepting applications. So, I don't know, it's just a, a movement that I can really get behind. And so, where do people go to find besides events near them? People can go to securitybsides.com, and it's just the general organization that will list out every single country and what month and year the event was going to be held in. And obviously, some of them have already been held, so you'll only see 2020 and not the month. But most of them kind of have a general cycle that they are held at this month, at this specific location every single year. All right, so DEFCON then. Tell us All about right. that. So DEF CON. Um, I actually don't know a lot of the history behind DEF CON other than Dark Tangent's um, involvement. And it has just really, to me, been where people go and it's a hall con. Like, yes, the talks are there. And if you can get into it, great. But you're standing in line for two hours before you can even get into the room. They're actually recorded and sent out to all of the TVs on Caesar Palace ground. So you can stay in your room and watch it if there's a talk you really want to go to. But the villages is where it's all at. So you have Red Team Village, you have Blue Team Village, you have Car Hacking Village, you have Biohack Village, you know, you've got your Workshop Village. So you go and you find what one skill that you want to know. Like, I walked in and I tweeted, hey, my name's Elle, I want to join the Badgie Life, which is the badges that you solder on your blinkies. And this is the skill that I want to pick up while I'm here. And people are like, all right, go to Hardware Hacking Village. And so you go in and you kind of have to give up that I'm going to do the whole conference. It's not going to happen or you're going to feel that you missed out on something. And so I know people that will go and sit down and just do a capture the flag for the entire event. And so to me, DEF CON is the hands-on conference. It is the, I want this skill and I'm going to focus on it and I'm going to go to the village that does it. So it's a great one for newbies to go to because the mentors, the equipment, and the education is just there for them. 
So I've always been jealous of people going to DEF CON. To me, it always looked like uh, like Burning Man for nerds. Yes. And it just looks like somewhere I want to be. And you're not helping that. I now really, really want to go in 2020. So I love that you make the Burning Man analogy because I walked into one of the after parties and it's a full on rave. And we're talking people who have the skill to make these amazing, like, I don't know, just sculptures almost. And there's light shows going off of them that have been programmed. And there's somebody standing in the corner doing like rave paint on people's faces. And there are the little wands that blink. But these are not just any wands that blink. They have been programmed to blink in specific sequences. Oh, of course. <laughs> Of course. It was one of the most mind-blowing experiences. And then the next room, they've got Arcade Con basically going on, which is another after party with um, just old retro games that people have built out and are just letting people play on them. So it's how nerds party. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Uh, one of the other events, I'm kind of going off my tangent here, was GothCon. Okay. And it was, um, they rented out a whole nother area for people who, I guess, are into golf culture, but high tech golf culture to sit and plot and learn and kind of spend time together. So you're saying you found my people. Is that your people? <laughs> I mean, I showed up with what I'm wearing now. So I had some black, but definitely a bright pink flowery shirt and they didn't kick me out. So they're accepting. <laughs> goth comes in all colors. Yeah, yeah oh, goth's generally a, a pretty accepting, <laughs> I found. Yeah. Yeah. So what about QueerCon then? What's all that about? So QueerCon, I think, is very much like a little bit like the Diana Initiative. Um, you have to think about it. So I believe the numbers that were given for DEF CON this year were 30,000 people. Wow. It's a bit intimidating. It's honestly a little scary. You can walk down the hall and see hundreds of people and feel an island to yourself. You feel completely excluded. So, you know, the Diana Initiative kind of helped uh, open doors for women and those who identified. And I think QueerCon does the same thing for people in the LGBTQ sector um, and just is a place where you can go and be yourself and have real conversations about the things that are affecting your life and possibly your job. And I'd love to say that every company is friendly to anyone, but a lot of times we have people who are fired or let go or perhaps not given promotions based on their lifestyle. And so I think that's a great way for them to be able to kind of have a support structure and know who they can turn to. And all of that happened in the span of a week in the middle of the desert. <laughs> yes, at 114 degree temperature. And we still managed to learn some things, so... <laughs> But come on, you've really buried the lead on this one. You went in a self-driving car. I did. That was one of the weirdest non-technical experiences of my life for a self-driving car. Because I go in and I tell Uber like, hey, or I'm sorry, I told Lyft, hey, I need a ride here. Can you get me from point A to point B? And it says, would you like to try one of our you know, self-driving cars? So I click yes. And the very next message is going, do you have more than three people in your party? Because our two drivers take up the first two seats. <laughs> so my self-driving car couldn't fit any luggage or more than three people because there were already two people driving the self-driving car. So there's a, a pilot and a co-pilot in case the autopilot fails? Well, it turns out that the cars actually can't drive on a lot of property in Las Vegas because they can't drive on private property, only on property owned by the city of Paradise. Hmm. Strangely enough, the Las Vegas Strip is not in Las Vegas. It is on Paradise, Nevada. Right. Okay. <laughs> and so um, I get in the car and I'm all by myself, left all the luggage behind. And there's two people there and they're like, you know, welcome. Have you ever ridden in this car before? And I was like, no, but why can I not bring luggage? And the guy's like, oh, there's a supercomputer in the trunk. 
Yeah, I was going to say, presumably there must be some sort of equipment in the trunk to make this work. So, uh, I mean, just whatever. There's just, I mean, I, I want to get to a point in my life where I'm like, ah, there's a supercomputer in the trunk. Don't worry right. about it. <laughs> and they have this huge screen, I don't know, maybe like a 10, 11 inch monitor on, you know, huge screen for a car that has all of this like matrix looking grid. It's like matrix and Tron together. Oh, yeah. And it's the people are little lines. And then the car itself is a little line. And as you're driving, you know, as people are moving, the lines are moving. And it's supposed to be so if somebody actually walks in front of the car, which he said happens a lot, the car will know to stop. And they partnered with the city of Paradise in Las Vegas, I guess, to put actual sensors at all of the lights. So if something malfunctions in the car and it doesn't pick up that there's a red light, there's signal being sent to the car. If somebody walks out into the crosswalk, there are also sensors out on the crosswalk to let the car know, hey, there's, you know, a body here. Okay, so it's they're getting input from the city as well as from the sensors in the car itself. Yes. And they're working together to make this thing happen. Yeah. And one of the really interesting parts was, so the guy is sitting in the front and he's, it's on auto drive, but his hands are maybe hovering like an inch away from the steering the, the entire time. So he's ready to take over at any point. So, and I was kind of like, uh, why that? And he's like, there are people that will just step in front of the car or just hit their brakes in front of the car because they want to see the car react. <laughs> oh, Still, that sounds like a terrible job being the driver for a self-driving car. <laughs> you just have to sit there with your hands hovering by the wheel just in case. I did awkwardly when I got out say, so if I tip you, do you get the money? <laughs> <laughs> or do I just feed it into the supercomputer in the back? So <laughs> if anybody rides the self-driving cars, you do not have to tip. Uh, they are actually not paid by Lyft. There's just a contract and they're paid by Adaptive. And their company. So, uh, okay. but I did find out that the second uh, driver is there mainly to deal with people like me. So I said, <laughs> "So why are there two of you?" And the guy starts laughing, and he goes, "Because you ask a hundred questions." Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, "Oh." Uh -huh. So. They're there so that the driver can focus on not driving the car. Yes. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, hey, we always say we want redundancy in tech. Yeah. They've built it in. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So you also went to a wedding then? I planned a wedding. How oh, awesome right. is that? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so hopefully you guys know who Ian Coldwater is. She's a really good friend of mine now, I guess. So she was a good friend before this. And, you know, we're at the, the after party. We're in the restroom. And I run into her. And I'm like, hey, how are you doing? You know, thank you for doing the Capture the Flag of Diana initiative. I hear so many great things. And she's like, oh, I'm getting married tomorrow. Like, that, at DEF CON. Like, that's awesome. She's like, yeah, it's like one of three weddings here. Oh, wow. Like, okay, well, where, you know, who, what, when, where, and why? And she's like, well, you know, we're just going to plan it. We're just going to go with the flow. And I'm like, you have nothing planned and you're getting married tomorrow. <laughs> right, in 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. Probably less than that. Mm -hmm. So you guys know I, I'm definitely a, you know, I guess a people gatherer. So I was like, okay, what can we do? I know somebody who does makeup and I think I know somebody who does hair. And she mentioned that somebody named Katie had a tiara that had been basically hacked into being able to do different color modules. And so if it's red, it's, hey, stand back, leave me alone. If it's green, is I'm approachable. If oh, that's awesome. So she was like, I would love to wear this tiara. So what am I? I'm on Twitter going, hey, Katie, will you DM me? I have a question for you. What's the color for the most important day of my life? Yes. Apparently, it's royal blue. Oh, okay. Very good. <laughs> something borrowed something blue, right? Yeah, yes. Oh, uh -huh, my God. I didn't uh -huh. think of and, that. Hey, that does because it was borrowed and blue. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a, an impromptu wedding in the, the Paris Hotel, right in front of the Paris wall, right before closing ceremonies for DEF CON. 
So it was a flash mob wedding. That's amazing. I mean, they'd been together for 10 years and just it was actually the coolest experience I probably had at summer camp. Well, that was my next question. Like, what was your highlight? The wedding then? The wedding. Definitely. I mean, it was tech because we're I mean, I'm standing there at the wedding trying to figure out how to hide the battery pack behind her dress Mm -hmm. and how do we get the wire up and do we really want the blinking lights going so we have remote control controlling you know it's like okay this picture should be this way (laughs) oh wow it's a high-tech wedding that's a super high-tech wedding (laughs) i love that so did they meet at defcon do you know I don't know. Oh. That'd be an interesting question. You know what was really cool though? She was there with her kids because oh, DevCon yeah? is family friendly. They have roots that occurs that is under 18. So if you do not have a kid with you, you are not allowed in that area. Okay. And so you've got kids learning lock picking and pin testing and capture the flags and having real technical talks about online security that's not overblown media hype. Oh, that's great. Does that give you a pass to not get three hours a night if you have kids with you? Are you allowed to sleep a few more? Good idea. I might be taking my daughter with me to Saturday summer camp. Well, that sounds like a really fun week, even if it's out in the Nevada heat. But do you have anything else coming up soon? So if people uh, are willing to experience the heat, we have Texas Cyber Summit coming up in October in Texas in San Antonio. And from what I hear, a lot of the JB crew is going to be there as well. So we're going to have a lot of the same stuff. Biohacking Village, you guys can go and watch me get my first bio implant. Ooh. Yep. What are you getting? I am getting, I'm thinking a blinky LED on my hand. (laughs) Is that or my truck key? So maybe Uh, both. I don't know. But if you get a new car, do you have to get it swapped out? Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, yeah, come by and say hi at Texas Cyber Summit if you are there. Elle will be there, and uh, at least a few of the uh, other crew members will be. I will not be. I don't think you will be either, Joe, will you? No, I'm not flying over here again. <laughs> I can't blame you for that. Long flight. But thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time.